0: I'm not going to say suffered. I think that sounds a little bit dramatic, but we waited three episodes. We were really a little bit disappointed. It was a slow start. You guys, episode four redeemed itself in a way that I prayed for. Julie, did you have that same reaction?
1: I am obsessed with this episode. Truthfully, they could have done nothing inside of the Palm Springs house, and I would have thought it was the greatest thing I've ever seen on television. But the fact that they were there and it was also actually an an episode with substance was – Beyond my wildest dreams.
0: Beyond my wildest dreams. We had all of the kids. We had Kylie. We had Kylie and Kendall Dynamics. We were inside the Palm Springs house. It was I, – I feel like our prayers were
1: answered. I'm not even – I don't know what to say. I don't either. I am so happy we got a Kendall and Kylie dynamic because we never get to analyze that.
0: Never. You guys should know we just watched this. We have not spoken about it yet, but I can imagine that that is probably going to be a very lengthy discussion because I have – so many thoughts on that entire situation. Like it was, it was just a different fight than
1: we've seen. Yes, very much so. I a hundred percent agree with you.
0: Yeah. This was just, this was a really excellent episode. And I can imagine that everybody watching it would feel the same way because if you're someone who really, you know, has watched the Kardashians religiously, if you are enthusiasts, like we are, this is the stuff that you care about. Like the stuff that was going on in this episode, both architecturally, both, Family-wise, just all the different dynamics, these are the ones that you pay attention to. And so to get an entire episode of it was like, oh, God, I feel so lucky. Same. Yeah. Wow. Should we get into it?
1: Yes, please.
0: Okay. So we start off with Kim, Chris, and Chloe. They're on the set of KKW Beauty's photo shoot for the perfume that Kim and Chris are doing together. This I just thought was really funny. Kim was saying that Kanye smelt it and was like, you have to change this it smells exactly like your mom. And and Kim was like, yeah, that's the entire point.
1: (laughs) I don't know. There's just something about Kim mentioning little intricacies with Kanye that makes me laugh.
0: Yeah. It was also funny how one Chloe knew exactly what what he was talking about, because I, I guess Chris has such a specific scent. And also, I don't know if anyone else has ever had this experience, but it just brought me back to such a specific time in my life when My ex-boyfriend's mom loved my perfume and she wanted to buy it. And he sat us both down and was like, I love you both. You can't wear the same perfume. It's too fucking weird.
1: So That would be weird. Smells a very strong sense.
0: Yeah. That's why you can never get like your boyfriend and your dad the same cologne.
1: (laughs) You would.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Yes. I also – this is a total, total side note, which has nothing to do with this episode, just about – um. KKW Beauty fragrance in general. I always find it unbelievable how every single time she does a new fragrance, it absolutely sells out and people haven't even smelt it. Like, fragrance is the one of the few things that it's so, so, so important that you have in person. Like, that's, you know, fragrances really thrive in retail settings. So it just shows people's loyalty to their products that they'll buy whatever it is without even smelling it just because they trust what Kim says.
1: I think that speaks so much to all of their products, though. Like, they never start out in retail. No one tried Skims on before, but it, I mean, sold through the roof. Same with Kylie Cosmetics.
0: Yeah. No, it's so so true. Like, they always make the, you know, the move to Nordstrom or Ulta or, you know, Selfridges, whatever the thing is, after it already had that booming success online. So you're so, so, so right. Yeah. Anyway, so this kind of sets us up for the plot line where – we're coming off of the Kim and Courtney fight and they're all trying to kind of reset, rekindle their relationship. And this is when Chloe asked Chris if she's watched episode one. And you know Chris is saying she watched it and it was really, really hard to actually see it even though she had heard about it. She's like, you guys are 39 and 40 years old. And for me, that was really hard. And in her confessional, she says, I was in Paris when the fight took place and I obviously heard about it, but I really had no, no idea how intense it was until I saw it for myself. Although me and my family are super close and love doing what we do, Watching the girls argue or fight or get physical with one another is really hard for me. Which, I feel like when this happened, that was the first thing you said. You were like, I just feel bad for Chris.
1: Yes, because Chris is always really sensitive about when they fight. And this fight was so different than anything we had seen before that I was like, oh, Chris is not going to be happy when she really sees this play out. Yeah, I,
0: I, I agree with not even from... business angle like not even from the optics of it i think just from a mother's perspective like no mother wants to watch that
1: no of course and the thing that we always say about chris is that you know i don't even think that we always have to clarify and i'm not saying this about what you just said I, i just think we don't always have to clarify like from business angle versus a maternal angle because something that i think we've all noticed with chris is that probably since mason was born she's really made that major switch to being so much more maternal, and the business kind of taking a backseat when it comes to family issues. Whereas in the first couple of seasons of the show, you can make the argument that the momager side of her really came out when the mom side needed to.
0: Yes. No. You're, it's, there's definitely been a shift, and I think one that probably, I think, I think it's, I think it's very noticeable, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because even do you remember when? In that one scene, I don't even remember how many episodes ago when Kylie was really sick, couldn't go to the Belmont show, and we, when we were watching it, we were saying that in that moment you really saw the manager side come out. And I think the only reason that it was even striking to us was because of how we haven't seen that as much as we used to see it in earlier seasons. Like clearly, it's been, it's been, I guess, it's not as not as frequent for us to even notice it so strongly. Exactly. Yes. So Chris is telling Chloe and Kim that she's worried about Courtney. She wants Kim and Chloe to really sit her down, say that, you know, we know that you're hurting, talk to us, et cetera. So Chris calls Courtney and she breaks down while she's talking to her. And she's like, you know, if, if you need someone to talk to, we can all sit down. Courtney also starts hysterically crying and she's saying she's okay now, but she just felt really ganged up on. And in her confessional, Chloe says, Courtney and I have been really working on our relationship. And before the fight episode aired, we were really reconnecting. Things were better. And then of course, when the episode airs, all that we've already gone through and worked through, it brings up old stuff and brings up old emotions. And it makes me really sad to see the divide between all of us. I value Courtney. I love Courtney. And I want her to feel loved and valued by me too. Which it's interesting she said that because that's something I've always wondered about where obviously, you know, there's a lot of time between filming the episode and then it actually airing. So I've always wondered if something coming out could be re triggering, not just with Kardashians, also just in other reality shows. Like I'm always curious with that in Housewives or with other shows where they're required to live tweet. Like it was interesting to hear her say that because that's something I've personally always wondered.
1: Yeah, I I have to wonder here if Chloe, having seen the episode, had kind of a change of heart about who was really wrong in this situation. Because in the moment, like when you're fighting, like you cannot like you're so blinded to anyone else's point of view, especially when you're that mad. And I can imagine that looking back on that and having rewatched the episode, Chloe would have gained a different perspective and been able to see Courtney's side of it and been able to see how ganged up Courtney was in that moment. And I think that it's less about it being triggering about their fight and it being triggering to Chloe about how she was acting.
0: Yes, totally true. And I also always wonder if how much of it is, re-watching it or seeing the public's response is that what is additionally upsetting like what all these other people are piling on i don't know i don't you know that's something if i was ever talking to chloe i would want to ask her because i do
1: think the two are totally different that's a good point like if that fight had happened and every single person on the internet was like fuck courtney then yeah chloe probably would have been like yeah I was 100 percent right i'm not apologizing
0: right exactly it's that's just that's just a human thing like i i think that that's just you know, the way that general people famous or not would process that is definitely just a human reaction. Like when you feel like so many people are on your side, it's so much easier to just think that your side was right. You know? Right. Exactly. Yes. So in her confessional, Chris is kind of saying it's her job to make sure everyone gets along and she thinks they need to spend quality family time together. That's how she always solves things. So she proposes this family trip to Palm Springs. Uh, I just, I'm just so grateful that she had this idea because if she didn't, we would not have gotten this episode.
1: I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that house exists. I can't even put it into words.
0: No, it is porn. It really is porn. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a celebrity's house where every single detail I like. Normally it's like, well, it's beautiful, but I wouldn't have done that, right? Like even Chloe's house, there's so many things that are so nice, but there's so many areas that we're like, we wouldn't have done that if it was ours, right? The Palm Springs house, is like every single thing is done
1: to such perfection. I actually feel that way about Kendall's house. It's different because the Palm Springs house is so much grander and and it's just a whole other experience. But in terms of details and appreciation of a house, every single thing in Kendall's house, I loved.
0: It's funny, I was as I was saying that thought, I was thinking that um, you were probably gonna say that because I remember when we watched the video, we were texting each other like, everything is so perfectly placed there. She has a purpose for everything and it just makes sense. So you're so right. It's like on a smaller scale, but equally as perfect. Yes, So next scene, first they start off by giving a Corona update because similar to last episode, this is when the cases were really climbing, but there was still a lot of uncertainty as to what Corona was, how to deal with it. And it's funny because Kendall in this scene, which we'll get into, very much reminded me of myself, early stages of Corona, like really just freaked out. Didn't even know how to interact with people because you don't want to be rude, but also you're terrified. Like the amount of uncertainty was so, so, so obvious and it was so Relatable. Like, don't you remember that time?
1: Yes, because everyone was at different stages with how they felt about it or what they thought of it. So now we're all on the same page of like, we're not touching anybody. No one's shaking hands. No one finds it rude. But for people who were just kind of getting news about Corona and weren't really paying attention to the news, for somebody to come in and like not shake their hands because there's a couple of cases felt so so crazy. And then on the other end, it felt so rude. So you were constantly trying to figure out for probably like a month there, how to navigate, like still trying to be friendly without seeming like you're panicked or without panicking somebody else, but also like not touching anybody. Exactly. Exactly. Watching Kendall navigate the situation. And this was pre-mask,
0: you know, like this was pre- right. everybody wearing masks was I just—it really brings you back, and you're right. It—it it was. I remember a couple of episodes ago, you said that you didn't enjoy watching the like early stages of navigating Corona because you didn't want to have to relive it. And I didn't feel that way watching this. I felt that way of like, fuck, I don't ever want to remember that time in my life. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So they're at the Ferrari dealership, and basically, Chris, Corey, and Kendall are all getting Ferraris, custom designing the whole nine. Corey was the first one who you know found out that he, he wanted one. He introduced it to Chris. And then of course, Kendall got one, which I think is just a trend that happens a lot in the family. Like one of them realizes the new hot thing on the market and then somehow it just makes its way through the entire family.
1: I mean, hey, it's only natural.
0: <laughs> of course. Can you blame him? So Chris is in her confessional saying everybody is on board to go to the Palm Springs house except for Kendall. So the goal for today, aside from getting this ridiculous Ferrari, is to convince Kendall to go. So- Kendall's, I think, hesitation is the fact that so many people are gonna be there, which again, very relatable, still something that I think a lot of us struggle with. And in his confessional, Corey is saying, anyone that's close to Chris that's important to her are also important to me. But Chris has six kids. It's a lot of girls in one crew. So it's hard to be close to everybody. I'm not close to Kendall, but if she ever needed me, I'll be there. So I'm looking forward to Palm Springs. We can carve out some time to really come together. Also, just honorable mention, Chris sends Kendall out to the showroom to look at the Hermes orange... Uh, interior of one of the Faris, Julie, talk about the guest, I'll come meme. That was some shit.
1: I know. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt.
0: Yeah. And she they come back in and they're finishing up the design. And she says to the guy, You know, I just, I want black. Every time I try to switch up my mini fleet, I always go back to black. <laughs> and she hits Corey. She's like, Hey, more ways than one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love when Chris does that to us.
0: There's nothing, I, there, there, not nothing. There are a few things I love more than that whole situation same Okay, so next scene, we get to the Palm Springs house. I'm obviously thrilled to be there. Chris is disinfecting everything. She, Chris in this scene, which I'm imagining this was somewhere early March, was exactly what all of us were like the second you got your first run of groceries back. Do you remember Lysoling the groceries?
1: Oh my God, I'll never forget. Never forget. I, uh, yeah, that was the craziest time.
0: Craziest time. And also tell me if you get this- Chris Lysoling the walls gave me similar energy to Chloe, Mr. Cleaning the walls after Kim and
1: Courtney were fighting. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Anyway,
0: everyone's starting to get there. Scott and Mason come in. Scott has this massive black Birkin with gold hardware. It just fuck me up. I don't know what to tell you. Scott with the Jewish Star Necklace in his talent list with the b- giant black Birkin. Are you kidding me?
1: I mean,. You know how I feel. Obviously, I cannot handle it.
0: It's a lot. It's a lot.
1: It's a lot. No, no, like it's a lot. Yeah.
0: So, all the kids are seeing each other. Rain and Saint are so excited to see each other. It was the cutest thing ever, Julie.
1: They're so adorable. I can't believe that all of the cousins are so lucky because it's like North and Penelope, Rain and Saint, and then the triplets are basically the same age. So, they're all together. Like, that is so special.
0: It's really, really special. No, I know. And they get along so well. It's not – it's just a really nice thing. Right. Obviously, they appreciate it now, but I think as they get older, they'll appreciate it even more just because, you know, when you're that famous and you're in that family, like, finding those connections are really, really hard, like, who you can trust. So to know that they already have built in that many friends is, like, very unique.
1: And they're kind of being raised like siblings.
0: Yeah. They very much are. Totally. Totally. So Kendall's asking Chris about, you know, a room and Chris is like no, that one's for Kylie and Kendall goes she's actually coming. And in her confessional Chloe says, "Courtney and I used to be very connected without even doing anything. Like we could do nothing and just always have fun. The trip is supposed to be about Courtney where she feels we're interacting with her and I just hope we're going to have fun." So again, keep in mind this whole trip is being set up mostly yes as a family bonding, but also it's really centered around Courtney and you'll see as it progresses how quickly that changes. So next scene they're at dinner at the house and they're all kind of just talking about corona and Chris is like can we talk about something else which personally i was grateful she said that i couldn't i couldn't keep reliving this literally feels yeah so Mason asks the question that we're all wondering which is is Kylie coming today or tomorrow and Scott goes maybe not at all and Chris is saying she texted Kylie she hasn't heard back and Courtney goes but she's posting up a storm like just answer So Kendall's in her confessional and she's saying, you know, it's always really nice when the whole family ends up making it. So if Kylie ends up coming, that'll be great. She does miss out on a lot of family trips, which is sad sometimes. I just don't get to spend a ton of time with her just because she's either off with her friends or off with other people most of the time. So I get really excited for these trips just to reconnect. And just keep that in the back of your mind as we keep going, because even before Kylie got there, you could tell that Kendall was definitely on edge. I think, I don't know if it was now or later, to when they do that flashback to Wyoming, when Kendall feels like she went so out of her way to be there and Kylie isn't there, which I feel like is a trend we've kind of seen building. Like they're always so close, they're sisters, they were raised as basically twins, like their bond is never going to go away. But I definitely think that, I don't know, as Kylie's, um, I don't know if I want to say it's her like income has grown and as her ego has grown, I, I don't know what it is. Like there's definitely a little bit of a disconnect,
1: seemingly. It did feel like an ego issue in this specific episode. Didn't it? It very much did. I mean, Kylie not showing up is always a trend. Like, they always kind of have this conversation when they're anywhere all together. Like, is Kylie coming? And usually the answer is no, which I always think is really interesting. And I also think they really let her off the hook of that because if any of the other siblings, like, if Courtney dare didn't come or came late to one of these big events, they would give her so much shit. But Kylie doesn't even answer them. And it's like, oh, well, we'll see if Kylie shows up.
0: Well, I I so agree with you. At least, at least, I listen, I can't say that's what it is in actuality, but as a viewer, I feel that way. Why do you think it is? Like, why do you think she's seemingly given more grace?
1: Um, Because I don't know. I think they've just come to expect it from her. And I think that first of all being the baby of the family like you'll always get away with more no matter how old you get you'll always just be the one that gets away with everything so that probably plays into it a little bit um but i think that a lot of it is just their expectations of kylie coming places are so low i think they give her let her off the hook because they know how busy she is even though most of the time the way they make it seem is that like she's with her friends in la or she's doing this or going off somewhere to do that with somebody else like it's not always like Work, 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 work. So I don't know. Maybe they just let her off the hook. Her, You know, Stormy's younger than Courtney's kids. I, I can't tell you. I don't have an answer. But they definitely let her very much off the hook. Although I think they do that to Kendall too. But a lot of the times I think that Kendall doesn't come somewhere is because Kendall doesn't have a kid to accompany her.
0: Yeah. Or Yes. And also Kendall's, like, work is a lot, is very much international. I don't know. I... You know it's weird because if this wasn't within this family, like if Kylie was let's say a figure within the rest of her friend group or something like that, I would say that the reason she's given a little bit more grace is because of like her autonomy that comes from her financial state. Like not that billionaires should be treated differently, do not misunderstand what I'm saying, but they could kind of acknowledge like she can do whatever she wants. If she wanted to even get on a jet the next day and come for one day, she technically could do that whereas in a normal situation the other people in the equation wouldn't be able to. However, it applies less with Kardashians because that's not like any of them need like each other's amenities. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not as if Kylie's money, yes, she's so wealthy, but it's not like she's so much wealthier than so much of them. Kim is on her way to be a billionaire. Chris, I'm sure, is in the hundreds of millions. Like, yeah, maybe b- between all of them, Courtney and Chloe and need the like Kardashian association more for business reasons, but it's not a vast enough difference where that would explain the like discrepancy. Is that making any sense what I'm trying to say?
1: No, I know exactly what you mean. Kylie's friends, you would imagine that if she was constantly ditching them or being flaky, they really wouldn't put up such an issue because Kylie presumably is the one funding all of their stuff, presumably. Right, right. With the family, that obviously isn't extended the same. And I think that, I don't know what it is. Something about Kylie's attitude though makes me feel like none of them feel like it's worth it to get into it with her, like that it wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, I like, you're so right. I want to wait,
0: I want to keep going, but I have a lot to say about this because it's like, we don't know her obviously and clearly she's doing something right. Like she has a lot of really close friends that she's had for a very long time and the family loves her, etc. But there's something that, it does come off a little bit like she thinks she's better, which doesn't to me ever come across with Kim. Like, or not as much with
1: with him. right? Kyle Like, yeah, we'll get into it much later, but I've always felt like Kylie, there was some disconnect between her and the family sometimes, but this was the first time that I felt like it was majorly an ego thing.
0: Yes. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Let's, let's put a pin in that and come back. Cause I have a lot of thoughts. I'm sure you do too. So yeah. basically Chloe saying that every family trip, they have a game night and they're playing the game where they ask a question. Everybody writes down their answers and they see who got it right. And, the, the question was Kim's favorite color. And like, of course, I think Mason and one other person says pink and pretty much everyone else says beige or nude. Not saying every single person listening to this said nude or played along at all, but I'm sure a very fair amount thought that it maybe was nude based on just like Kim's aesthetic recently. Absolutely. Yeah. I Absolutely. Yes. So this was a really, really interesting line that I want to mention. In his confessional, Corey says, With this particular group, my words always get twisted up some way, somehow, so I tend to just be quiet so that Chris doesn't have to stress out. I want Chris always happy because she's got a lot of things to be stressed out about. Okay, this was really, really interesting because it gives us so much context to later on in the episode when clearly things erupt, which we'll get into, but it was like, I don't know if it was because of Kendall's presence potentially or because it was a bigger group, but... I've never felt from Corey that this much like, not anxiousness, but like uncertainty as to where he fits in or how he should be. Normally, it's so seamless, and I guess maybe it's because so many times we see him, we see him filming with Courtney and Kylie, who he's so close with. But I felt a
1: little bad that that was how he was feeling. Yes, he. I think that the numbers is what kind of threw him off. Like he, I feel like when it's everybody together, he still doesn't know his place. Maybe I, I
0: I don't I I do think that when he said this particular crew like I think it would have felt a little bit different if maybe Kendall wasn't there,
1: right? I, maybe yeah. Although I, maybe he still is a little bit cautious around Scott after the whole Penelope fight at Nobu. Um, possibly a little cautious around Kim. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit off.
0: Anyway, so. They go into this next game and Kendall's question is how old she was when she had her first kiss. And Mason goes 12, but it was in a shower. That's what I know. <laughs> I was dying that Mason knew that, by the way. How did he know that? Kendall told him, he said. But I, I just thought that was really funny because how old is Mason? He's around that age.
1: 10. Yeah. Ma- Mason is such like, a little adult in this episode. It's so crazy.
0: So Something we definitely should talk about. This episode made it so, so, so clear how much older Mason is than the rest of the grandkids. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Kendall's kind of explaining it to everyone. She's like, no, we were fully clothed. We were playing truth or dare. It was this guy, Chad, that I had a big crush on. We had to go to the shower for privacy. Don't worry. We just had to sneak through the curtain. And I was thinking like, imagine being Chad and watching this.
1: Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Imagine being Chad and not keeping that relationship in your life. Biggest. Like, I, I like, imagine like not kissing Kendall in the shower again. Yeah, that was, um,
0: Chad, if you're listening, you know. Yeah, you had that one moment, and she brought it up on the show. But goddamn, I'm sure he's wishing he really kept that going.
1: A hundred percent. Imagine having to be pranked in order to like kiss Kendall Jenner. Like, imagine like Kendall and her friends have to scheme to get you there. Yeah,
0: true. Truth or dare. That that's talk about a flex later on. Like, yeah, I had to be dare to kiss Kendall Jenner. Right. <laughs> Stop <a> flex. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what Chad's doing now. If anybody knows, please let us know. We get a lot. We weirdly get a lot of lot of messages from people being like, "I went to." Elementary school with X in Calabasas, or I went to um, like private school in Malibu with X. We get a lot of those. Don't don't you feel like that, especially recently? Yes. Yeah. somebody
1: will message us and say who Chad is. Yes. Absolutely, hundred
0: thousand percent. We normally we normally don't say it because it just feels like intrusive. But I'm sure somebody will come through. Okay, so. This is when they're all playing a game and Courtney goes to the kitchen with the kids to help rain because he was hungry. And Chloe's telling her to come back, participate. And you can tell Courtney's a little bit annoyed. And in in her confessional, she's basically saying, I've been really present in Palm Springs. I've been hanging out with the family, really excited. She's like, I get up for two seconds to get something for rain because my kids' needs come before anyone else. And you know they're upset. She's like, I think I'm at the place now where I try not to take things personally and just kind of control my reactions. So I'm not going to get into an argument which and I love when it happens when I agree with Courtney. I agree. Like she was helping Rain eat,
1: chill. Yeah, like literally chill. It's not like she was sitting on her phone. And the way the preview made it seem is like that's what was happening. But also at the same time, again, Courtney could have reacted and she didn't, which was great. No, it was
0: great. I, I love, I really, really love because of how we felt last season. I love when I agree with Courtney. Like it genuinely makes me so happy when I can, Sit here and be fully honest and saying, like, yes, I agreed with her. And I felt like what was happening with Chloe was she was judging Courtney's current behavior based on her past tendencies. And that's not fair. Like, if you really want to start over, you got to judge her based on what she's doing now.
1: Yeah, no, that wasn't. You're 100% correct.
0: Yeah. Okay. Next scene, they're all just at the house, relaxing, hanging out. Chris is kind of bringing out all the pool floats to the pool. And this is when Scott is just such a kid. He's riding the electric suitcase around the house. Rain and Saint and I think Mason were on their scooters. It's just like, wait, you wrote the fucking thing that I was going to ask. I cannot. What? You wrote down. This is not an important detail, but it begs the question. What hardwood floors do they have that are protected from scratches? Julie. All I was thinking about was in my house, we have hardwood floors also, not as nice as those, not as wide paneled, but like nice ones. If I ever rode my Razor scooter, which I rode every single day of my childhood on those wood floors or on the tile floors or on the granite floors, my mom would have fucking killed me. Meanwhile, Kris Jenner is, you know, not even phased. So clearly there must be some really hardcore
1: ceiling. I mean, I would have been sleeping outside if I ever did that. Could you imagine? No, I was, I was so shocked by that because like, also the thing with floors is that it's not like a couch where it's really easy to bring in something new and just exchange it if need be like obviously that's not ideal but it is easier or a bed or anything like that like if you fuck up the floors like that is a fucking process to redo
0: yeah it's not a drill i i, I clearly i mean listen if she was if she had an issue with it she would have said something so i guess she must have done something to those floors to make it like really not an issue I don't know. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, she must have. There's no way she would have let them because also in a later scene when she's going through the house and she's like complaining about how messy everything is, none of, all of that pales in comparison to riding your scooter on the hardwood flooring.
0: Yeah, and I, I was watching that scene being like, okay, Emma, if Chris isn't upset, you shouldn't be upset. Like, I had, to, I re, like, the mom inside of me or, like, I don't know, my mom inside of me or anybody that cares about their floor Like, it was really coming out, but she caught me. Okay, Scott yeah. is riding this suitcase around the house and all of a sudden we hear a dramatic crash. This is what introduces us to the issue referred to now as Lampgate. It was an excellent plot line. It wasn't boring and it wasn't fluff. It was excellent. So <laughs> Scott, Scott in his confession was like, Of course I run into a lamp that's probably a billion dollars. And Scott, North, and Mason are gathered around this lamp. It would, you would have thought that Scott, like if you were just had your eyes closed, you would have thought he's one of the kids. They're like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? And Scott's like, I just say, we clean it up. We pretend it didn't happen. North is holding the garbage bag open while Scott and Mason are putting the pieces into the bag. I was, I I can't tell you how much I loved this scene, Julie.
1: Same. The whole plot line, no, the whole plot line with the lamp is literally my favorite part of the episode. It's obviously,
0: it's a, a thousand percent my favorite part. And all it reminds me of is like, when my mom was alive, my dad and I would always get ourselves into some trouble and then have to fix it before she came home. Like, one time we were having a water fight with with glasses. The glass shatters everywhere. And he's like, oh shit, oh shit, she's going to be home in 20 minutes. And we're like vacuuming and dust busting. And like, that that was the same energy. Me and my dad had the same energy of Scott, North, and Mason.
1: That's our favorite game. Don't tell mom. Are you kidding? Play it every day.
0: Is said you and Isabel have that same energy with me? <laughs>
1: We 100% do. In my house, every time I say to my dad, don't tell mom, he'll go, don't tell mom what? And I'll go, yup. <laughs> <laughs> it's so- or Every single time.
0: Yes. It's very much a dad thing. It's so funny though. Yep. It's also you alone in my apartment thing, spilling ash on the carpet, looking up, thinking that my mom is watching you from heaven thing.
1: <laughs> and you know what? I didn't initially think that she was watching me. I thought that I got away with it and I, I kind of did. But when you came in and you were like two days later, you were like, I had the medium, my mom was talking about you. I was like, oh my God, this fucking snitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That, like, I'm sorry, I don't know if we're going to cut this or keep this, but I genuinely think that's like one of the funniest things that ever happened in our friendship. That, like, when I tell you about my fucking psychic reading where my mom was communicating with me, and I'm like so excited, I'm like, Julie, she spoke about you, and you're like, oh my God, I have to confess the carpet.
1: I was like, I can't believe she told you that was so unnecessary. There was no reason for her. Everything's fine. And you're like, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, okay. That so- is my favorite story. No, it's, it's like up there. Yeah. So, okay. We are switching gears now. Kylie is driving on her way to Palm Springs. And in her confessional, she's saying she's been so busy in LA. It was her best friend's birthday the night before. I'm assuming Stoss. And she was saying it was the she could get to Palm Springs. Okay. Kylie and Stormy arrive. Of course, I'm happy to see Kylie, but clearly I'm happier to see Stormy as I'm sure you were too.
1: A thousand percent, obviously.
0: And in his confessional, Corey says, you know, Kylie's my ace. We always shoot the shit. She's always such a happy, outgoing person. She's the one that contacts me and checks on me the most, so I'm really excited she's there. (laughs) Julie writes, Scott and that Jewish star is still lethal in case anybody was wondering where I was at mentally. Amen, Jewel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So next, Chloe's asking Courtney if she's excited to go out and- in her confessional, Courtney's basically saying that last night in Palm Springs, Chloe decided they should all go out. And Courtney says, I'm in a place in my life where I'm not really going out all the time. I don't really drink. Kendall and Kim and I are kind of on the same page with that. I usually just love to chill at the house, just kind of be together. So I feel like going out and drinking and having a wild time seems to be what Chloe needs and how she feels connected to us. So you know what? That's the reason I'm going. Again, really like Courtney's mindset. She was so um, reflective and like mature in this episode. Didn't you feel that way? Yes. And what's
1: great is that it's funny because I feel like Courtney and Chloe are in the exact same spot and they're both kind of scooting around the bush instead of having a conversation When they're like, I really miss the way we were. And I'm trying really hard to get back to that point, but they're both kind of doing that on the side. Like Chloe's thing is like, I want to do all this to be close to Courtney again. And I want to plan this night out. And I'm so happy to be in Palm Springs. I want to do this to be with Courtney. And Courtney's whole thing is like, I don't really care about going out, but I really want to be with Chloe again and really get back to that place. So I'm happy to do it for her. If they would just talk and communicate that to each other, they could have cut down this whole like scooting around the issue thing. Exactly. I was like, why are you guys telling us? (laughs) Yeah, like tell each other. It's very sweet. You guys are both going to be thrilled to hear it. Yeah. I was like, just wait.
0: (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) So this is the dramatic moment when Chris realizes that the lamp is missing from her table. And she's saying in her confessional that when she bought the house, she was so excited to decorate it, pick out every single thing. She's like, including the very expensive very expensive vintage lamp that's missing, which I just have to say, you know, there are some houses you can go to, I don't know, your, your grandparents' house, certain family members where you can break something, you can misplace something and nobody's going to notice. There's not one item in Chris, Chris's Palm Springs house. Yes, it's as massive as it is that she's not going to notice. Like Every item is too expensive for it to just go unacknowledged.
1: And too strategically placed. You could have gotten away with that in the old house that Rob's living in now, but you can't get away with it in Palm Springs.
0: Exactly. Rob's current house is a little bit more of a mishmash. Like I say that in Kardashian terms, like clearly not to any normal person, but if we're doing a scale versus like in Kim's house, in Chris's Palm Springs house, no, you can't play with that. Exactly. So she's going around asking everyone about the missing lamp. Everybody has no idea. Kim saying North may have taken it for the (laughs) structural, structural integrity of her fort, (laughs) which like, it was funny because when, when Chris asked Kim, Kim's like, you know, she does do this a lot. She sometimes uses it for the sheets. Like she was genuinely so seriously concerned about like the architecture of the fort that she knew exactly what North would have used it for, which I thought was adorable.
1: And when Chris goes in, because Kim's like, well, let's look at the, let's look at the fort. And Chris goes in and she's like, where did North find these clothing racks to even be able to do this? And no one knows where the clothing racks came
0: from. But that's why Northwest is a unique child. She's one of a kind. She
1: knows. She's, she really She is. fucking scouted that place out. I'm telling you. Kanye probably texted her before they got there and was like, just so you know, I left some clothing racks for your fort in Lovey's room. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't even be a little bit surprised. Anyway, so <laughs> Chris asked Scott about the lamp and he's like, no, I never saw it there. It wasn't there this trip. And Chris is saying to the kitchen staff, please let me know where the lamp is if you hear anything. And Mason and Scott are listening in the other room hearing her talk. And Scott's like, okay, Mason, you gotta pack up. We're no longer welcome. It's the funniest thing ever. And in his confessional, he goes, Mason and I have plans tomorrow back in LA, so we're gonna leave tonight, which actually works out perfectly because Chris is on a war hunt for this lamp and I'm surely not trying to get charged $127,000 or some crap she's gonna say this lamp was.
1: Scott's commentary about how expensive things are in their world is so funny to me it's apt ab- it's because
0: julie he is the only one in the family that like acknowledges the way that the rest of us
1: are feeling yeah i love that about him
0: so, so then mason and scott have this really hilarious interaction in the closet while they're packing up and mason's like don't you feel bad it's like no i've done worse Mason's like you should just tell her He's like, i can't mason is like if you tell her now she'll think that you're a better person Scott's like, who raised you to be such a good kid? And Mason goes, my mom. And Scott goes, you're not wrong. (laughs) And (laughs) Mason goes, mine's a good perspective because then she won't trust you as much anymore. Scott goes, who are you, Mother Teresa? And he goes, and you want to be a gentleman and you lie? What are you talking about? Scott's like, you know what? You're right. If I'm going to raise you the way that I want to raise you, you're right. I'm not going to set a bad example. I'll tell her. This was... The best scene ever. The best scene ever. I mean, I cannot believe that we're witnessing... Mason and Scott hiding in Chris Jenner's Palm Springs closet, packing up their Louis Vuitton duffels, having like a, you know, kind of very heartfelt therapeutic, like moral compass moment. It was I, I mean it was my dream. I don't I don't even know what to say. It was my fucking dream come true. And in his confessional, Scott's saying, obviously I raised my kids better than I ever thought. I got my ten year old son telling me that I should confess and he's right. I should just tell her the truth, but I'm bringing Mason in because I don't feel like she would charge me in front of him. <laughs> so, they go into Chris's room and Mason goes, Lovey, my dad has something to tell you. Scott basically confesses to breaking the lamp and Mason really has Scott's back. It's like, she, you know, kind of hyping him up, like making Chris feel more sympathetic. And Chris is like, I only want to be told the truth, you know? And Scott's saying, you know, it was kind of a lesson in disguise breaking it because now it taught my kids to be a nice, you know, it's a nice person. It taught them a nice little lesson. And, Chris is explaining to Mason what happens with lies. They keep getting bigger and bigger. And Scott goes, that's kind of like what happened with my balls when I was little. And Mason goes, what? And Scott goes, they were little and they kept snowballing into bigger and bigger balls. And Chris is like, Scott. (laughs) Scott's like, it'll happen to you too. And Mason goes, it did. Chris is like, all right, he's mini you. I get it.
1: He is mini Scott. It is so crazy to me. This scene, more than any other scene, I know we've said it so often because they literally are like two little peas in a pod, but the two of them acting like with the role reversal of Mason trying to teach Scott a lesson and then they both go into Chris's room, like they're both the 10-year-olds that broke a lamp in the house, was just, there was nothing better to me. There was nothing better, no better example of how similar those two are.
0: Exactly. It was it was everything I could have ever wanted. Excellent, excellent scene. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com comments today. Okay, so next scene, they're all getting ready to go out to the drag show. And Kylie's getting her hair done. And Corey says to her, it's such a blessing you're here because when you're not here, it's not the same. And I mean that in real life. Without you, it's just fucking off. So the fact that you came up here has made my whole night, day and night. God bless you. And what I want to say, like, you could tell he wasn't just saying that to say that. Like, I genuinely think he feels comforted by her presence because I think he feels like it's more, not more people on his side, but more comfort on his side. So obviously keep that in the back of your mind. And in her confessional, Kylie says just how much she loves Corey, how good of a relationship they have. And... She was saying, you know, not only do I like the way that he treats my mom, but also he has really helped me navigate so many things in my life, which I didn't – like, I don't think I necessarily understood how deep their relationship went, so that was just interesting insight.
1: Yeah, I agree. Also, I think the reason that Corey likes his relationship with Kylie so much and feels so comforted when she's around is because when he's just with Chris, like, he's just Chris's boyfriend – when he's with all of them and he has Kylie Kylie there, like his relationship with Kylie makes him feel like it's not just that there's someone else on his side. It's that like, he's more integrated into the family. It's like, because he has that relationship with Kylie and because it's distinct and special, it then extends beyond being just Chris's boyfriend.
0: Yes, totally. Like the only thing that I can relate it to in my own life, which I would imagine like a lot of our younger listeners too, those that don't, those that aren't with somebody that um, has kids is kind of like you feel a lot more comfortable with your partner's family when you're close with their siblings. So I know this is her kids, but
1: it's similar. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of, (laughs) yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even if you- I know what you're saying. Like, I can't personally relate, but yeah.
0: Right, but you can understand. Like, it just- Yeah, I can understand the
1: concept. Yeah.
0: So they're all kind of ready to go. And Kylie comes in in this sick, brown, strapless jumpsuit, Courtney says she dressed her head to toe and Kendall comes in. She's not really ready. She's in like much more casual than the rest of them kind of in jeans. And you can tell she's dressing a little. Courtney asks if she wants to wear one of her shirts and Kendall's like, no, I wanted to wear your Brown outfit. But then Kylie comes in and everyone bows down to Kylie and lets her wear whatever the fuck she wants. Oh my God. So interesting. Let me tell you about the confessional and then we'll analyze that statement. Mm -hmm. So in her confessional, Kendall's just saying that whenever they go to Palm Springs, they don't usually leave the house, which is why she didn't really bring anything to go out in. And she's frustrated basically because when she told Courtney that she didn't have anything, Courtney said, you know, come in, take whatever you want. And then of course, Kylie comes in and takes it. And Kendall's kind of like, what the fuck? You offered it to me first. Okay. Before we even continue, can we just analyze that one statement about everybody bowing down to Kylie? I would love to. What do you think? Well, it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like they, I don't know. I don't have enough insight to make a... Like educational statement, but my just emotional feeling about it is like it's a. It goes back to what you were saying earlier with giving her a pass. It's I don't know what it is. It's kind of like the, things just kind of part when she walks through. It seems a, they give her a lot more grace than they would give any of the others, and I don't fully understand where it comes from.
1: My question is: Do you think this? Let's call it jealousy that. Kendall feels towards Kylie in terms of everyone kind of just doing whatever Kylie says and Kylie always getting whatever she wants, blah, 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 blah. Do you think that that is just in terms of the family? Like Kendall's issue with it is just in terms of the way the family treats Kylie? Or do you think this is like a much bigger picture comparison, fame, the way society and fans and people as a whole treat the two of them?
0: Really interesting question. I'm glad you brought it up because I was curious about the same thing. What, okay here's what I think I don't necessarily think that it relates to the way Kylie's Kylie's relationship with fame because I don't think that Kendall would want that like I understand they're both equally as famous but I don't think that Kendall wants the type of necessary fame that Kylie has if that makes sense but I think it's more than just the family I would imagine that it extends to like glam teams and their you know their friends and I honestly think what I pick up on it is like The reason that Kendall to me is more frustrated by it than the rest of them, whereas like the rest of them don't really seem frustrated, is because if you're splitting off the siblings into pairs, like it was always Kendall and Kylie together, and Kendall was the older one. And I think she feels a little bit like left in the dust, whereas the rest of them, Kylie was never their right hand to start with. So it doesn't impact them on a daily basis as much as it impacts Kendall. Does that do you understand what the point I'm trying to make, or did I not communicate it clearly?
1: No, you made it perfectly. I think that, well, first of all, there's a very clear, like, disillusion of their relationship that I think has been going on for a while. And we've acknowledged it before, but I think this is the first time where we're really, like, they don't really know each other anymore. Like, I, and I know that's a dramatic statement, but they really don't. And they've, if you look through the way they post about each other on social, like it's very infrequent. I feel like they're very rarely together. I feel like Kylie is more with the older ones because of Stormy True in Chicago. Like it just feels like that relationship used to be so strong because they were so in it together. And I do feel like Kylie kind of just left Kendall in the dust. And that's not Kylie's fault. Kylie shouldn't have to hold herself back or create opportunities for Kendall. Like I'm not suggesting that by any means, but. In terms of friendship and like a sister relationship, yeah, it's not what it used to be by any means. It's definitely not. And I feel like we've been so focused on the Chloe Courtney aspect of it that we've kind of forgotten about Kendall and Kylie, especially because we don't see them as much on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So we weren't really paying attention.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I was like literally nodding as you were talking. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that you're totally right. We were a little bit more shocked by this or more, I don't know if more shocked, but less like used to this because of how infrequently they appear. So even if this was a lesser of a fight, it still would have been shocking because we just don't see these interactions as much. But I also think that we were feeling this sense of kind of sadness because you could tell the fight wasn't about this. Like the fight wasn't about the outfit. The outfit was kind of just the catalyst that made Kendall go off. But clearly this has been building and I don't know if you feel this way or if other people listening feel this way, but when I'm watching their dynamic and like what's going on, I always find myself wondering if I'm over-dramatizing it and it's like, they're totally fine. This was just a little bit of a tiff. Like everybody relax. They're, at the end of the day, they always have each other's back, which they do. Like nobody's saying they don't. At the end of the day, they're their, each other's ride or dies. Like we know that. But I, I always wonder because to me, it feels deep. Like it feels really deep, like something that needs to be discussed in therapy. But I always wonder if that... If you're a family member and you're listening to this, not that they ever would, I wonder if it's like, oh, my God, they were really reaching there. Because to me, it doesn't feel like we're reaching. But I I don't know.
1: I don't know either. Like, are they friends
0: anymore? (laughs) Like, that's – I mean, Julie, that's what I – I feel embarrassed to ask that publicly. Like I feel embarrassed to ask this on a podcast because I so I so could feel like people listening would be like, oh my God, they're sisters. They get into their shit. But like, you have sisters. You you know, you know fight with people. But this just felt deeper to me. I don't know. do you, I don't know, Julie. Something feels off.
1: Now I feel like I'm really like creating an issue where there isn't. Like I'm creating, I'm making this thing where it's like a whole huge feud that they have that they're not confessing to. And in reality, it could have just been one episode. But it does, it feels much deeper. And it feels like something that they haven't discussed or that they're not willing to. This is a bold statement. I don't know if you're gonna agree with me. It seems like they use the Kendall and Kylie connection and them being close when it's in terms of business deals. Like the Kendall-Kylie collab, their clothing line, obviously it was a while ago and they were closer then. Um, But anything sort of like that, their Met Gala look, like I feel like they use that connection when they need something for two people to do together. Like when Kylie needs to do something with somebody else or when Kendall wants somebody to do something with. But it just doesn't seem like they're just casually hanging out outside of the family anymore.
0: Yes. See, okay. So my thing is like, I agree, but then I wonder like, okay, well, are we so fucking stupid when we're looking at it like that? And are we going against every single thing that we stand for, which is it doesn't have to be publicized on Instagram. And maybe their hangouts are a little more private because Kendall's just a more private person.
1: Yes, I I do agree. To an extent, but I don't know. I think that it would be naive to say that nothing was off. Yeah.
0: I I, Julie, I literally could not agree more. I just am trying to like look at it from all angles. I definitely feel like something's off. And and you wanna know what really upset me about this? I felt like I felt like it was Kendall was using a stupid issue to communicate a deeper emotional thing. And Kylie was having none of it. Like, I really felt like Kylie's empathy in this particular episode was totally lacking.
1: Yes. And that's crazy to me because when you look at Kylie as a mom and like how amazing she is, and I like mean that I think she is a fucking incredible mom. Um, It's just so shocking to me that that empathy wouldn't then extend outside of their little realm like it just seems to me that kylie becoming a mother would then make her a more empathetic person towards everybody and it seems like she was just lacking so much empathy she could not be bothered to care that kendall was upset she couldn't be bothered to think about maybe kendall's upset about something else like that statement of her saying like oh we all bow down to kylie like that was so deep and that had so many layers and and kylie didn't even acknowledge it for one second Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I, feel, I, I was really hoping
0: that you would have the same reaction when you were watching it. Cause like, I know we, we both just watch and we have like, this is the first time we're talking about it, but I felt the same way. I really felt like that, that statement had a, um, a much deeper kind of meaning. Like it was very telling and like, I was tell. so cold. Yeah. But you know, what's interesting, Julie, no, none of the rest of them, um, like empathize with, with Kendall either.
1: I felt like the others were trying to slap a band-aid on by trying to figure out the outfit. And if they could figure out the outfit, then at least they could get past it for the night and figure it out when they're not on vacation. Like I felt like that was kind of their go-to. Like Chloe kept being like, I have a dress for you. I have a dress for you. Courtney was like, I have the cow shirt. You can wear that. They were all kind of scrambling a little bit to try and fix the outfit. And hopefully that would just keep it together for the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they because were trying- I felt like the other ones couldn't call attention to that. It would have been way too much and it would have blown up in that moment. And they all knew that. But for Kylie to not be like, wait, that was such like a really awful thing to say. Like, can we just stop for one second? It was weird to me. Like, it wasn't the others' place to do that, but it definitely was Kylie's to at least dig a little bit there.
0: Yeah. In her defense, she was a little bit tipsy, I think, or like was starting to get a little bit tipsy. I don't know. The whole thing was off. Let's keep going. But yeah, I'm really, really glad you said that. I don't know if everybody will agree, which is fine. Like anybody can have their own opinions. They may think that it was just like a stupid, inconsequential sister fight. But I did pick up on something deeper. So I'm really like, I feel very comforted that you did too
1: and i do think sorry before we move on one more thing i'm just thinking about it now like i do think that a lot of kendall's issues are in the grand scheme of things outside of the family and just in terms of public perception and fame and not that kendall necessarily wants to be that level of fame i don't think she does but i have to imagine that it takes a toll on kendall to have to constantly 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 hear about kylie and read about her and she's on every single thing and like as much as Kendall is discussed, it's just not to the same extent. And I don't think that it bothers Kendall when it's the other siblings because I don't think she felt like, okay, we're in this together. I think she always felt like her and Kylie were in this together. And now Kylie is just being praised left and right for all of these things and constantly the center of media attention. And it's not so much that Kendall wants that, but I think there's still like some ping of jealousy there, which is reasonable.
0: Yes. Yes, I agree. However the one thing that makes me second guess it is like, I don't think Kendall wants what Kylie has.
1: No, I don't think she does either. But I do think that it would be unnatural. I don't, I think that you can not want what Kylie has and still feel jealous or upset about the way that the world approaches her in comparison to you.
0: Yes, beautifully said, beautifully said. Although I, I agree with you, just throwing out a counterpoint is like, I think that a lot of people who- outside of, outside of like uh, big time Kardashian fans, right? Like people just that's observing the family would be like, oh my God, I respect Kendall so much more. Like look at the career that she's built as a model. Kylie is just famous for being famous and then, you know, built this empire based on her fame. Whereas like Kendall is a very well-respected supermodel. Of course, haters are going to say she only got it because of her fame. But like, I do think that if you, in certain people's eyes, Kendall's career is far more respectable.
1: Kendall also being the anxious kind of somewhat insecure person we've seen her be over the years i think that it's much easier for her to fixate on the kylie stuff and fixate on how she feels about kylie and what people are saying about kylie and not so much about praising herself and paying attention to what people say about her and i just think that that's just genuinely human nature Because even though people say amazing things about Kendall, and probably the substance of what they say about Kendall is better than what they say about Kylie, truly, there's so much more volume to the Kylie conversation that I think it would be, I think it would almost be weird if Kendall didn't have that to a certain extent. If you go on and every single day, it's just Kylie, 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 Kylie did this, Kylie did this, Kylie did this. this. Even if you don't want that, that's going to take a toll on you.
0: Yeah, you're right. And I would imagine... You're right. You're very much right, and I also would imagine that maybe some of it comes from the fact that I'm trying to think how we want to phrase this. Part of the reason that seemingly, or potentially, part of the reason that Kylie has been able to like achieve what she's achieved, and I don't mean from a monetary monetary perspective, but from like a um, world fascination perspective, is because she just naturally is more outgoing, which is something we've seen Kendall struggle with, and also something that in very early seasons. Kendall has been envious of Kylie for her natural ability to like interact with people without nervousness. So there could be that element there too, somewhere in all. Yeah. Definitely. Comfortable to move on or I don't want to rush you. If you're not, we can keep- No,
1: no, no. No,
0: let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. This is when things get fucking messy. Well, I should just say Kendall ended up not changing and she was like pissed about it, but fine, which of course to me, I'm like, you literally could wear a trash bag and you would look better than every single person ever. But like- I know she doesn't see it that way, so I could, you know, right. but it's, yeah. Exactly, yes. So next scene, they're in the cars, and it's Corey, Chris, Kylie in one car. Kylie's kind of venting to them, being like, I don't understand what the deal is with Kendall in this outfit. She's like, I bought a, I brought a bikini, big baggy T-shirts. That's the only thing that, you know, the romper, the jumpsuit is the only thing I could wear. Like, I don't care. And they're at the dinner now, and they're at Mastro's, which I've never been to the Mastro's in Palm Springs, but I wanted to know so badly if they got the butter cake because – I have not had that in so long and there's just nothing like it. I know that if you're (laughs) listening to this and you've ever had that, you understand what I'm talking about. Like I wonder if Courtney would sacrifice the sugar for that one thing because it's unlike anything I've ever had. Anyway, Mason and Scott come in. They're leaving. They're saying bye to everyone. And Ken was like, oh, if I knew that you were going back to LA, I would have gone back with you. Which again, interesting because it kind of just shows like she doesn't want to be here, I think. Right. No, she's ready to get out. They're sitting there and – kylie says to chloe you're my best friend chloe's like you're mine and in our confessional chloe says i've been trying to reconnect with courtney for a while now and tonight surprisingly the vibe and the energy is so fun and not super serious and heavy (laughs) which i was like wait i forgot you guys even had an issue
1: yeah i feel like they're really dragging out their own issue here right like we've moved on yeah no we're over it like we're all over it i think you guys i think the best thing for their relationship would to be pretend it never happened
0: Well, in her defense, though, she probably didn't realize, like, just for sake of production, that was probably going to be the storyline of this episode not knowing this blowout that was going to happen. So she was probably sticking to, like, the, quote, script, you know? Right.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: And it ended up being a completely irrelevant plotline. Anyway. um, So they're leaving from dinner to go to the drag show, and Kylie tells Chloe to come in their car. So... Chris is just kind of explaining how she usually goes to bed at nine o'clock, but they're all together. She's going to do it. Julie goes, I so vividly remember the difference between the energy of the two cars when we saw them via Snap Story and Insta Story.
1: Yes. Remember that?
0: I do remember that. And I also, it was so, I love when they do that on the show where they put in the clips from like Kim's Insta Story because I remember us watching that. I think we were together.
1: We may have been, and also, this is a really good example of behind the scenes that you wouldn't have thought you needed or would have gotten, because I remember all of us being like, where the hell is Kendall? Like, I remember it being a thing, and I remember maybe one of them tweeting, like, haha, Kendall was asleep in the car, but we didn't know there was a fight. Yeah, we had no idea there was a fight. Like, I remember being such a thing, all of us being like, it's so weird that Kendall's and with them, she, and then trying to trace back and be like, she was definitely in Palm Springs. Like we saw her earlier in the day and she was holding some in a picture or something.
0: Yeah, it, it is like, you're so right. This is a perfect example of how much more we need behind the scenes than we even thought we did.
1: And a really good example of not every behind the scenes needs to be something like a Jordan Tristan where it's a huge news story and then you get the explanation when you watch. Like some things are just behind the scenes of little things that you saw, didn't realize that they were a thing. And then when you watch it in the show, you realize what actually happened.
0: Right. Which of course now makes me just hyper curious about like every little Insta story, what was actually going on. Exactly. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to t h e o u a i. dot com and enter promo code Celebs for fifteen percent off any product. That's t h e o u a i. dot com promo code Celebs. Okay, so they're on their way to the drag show. They're about to go, and in our confessional, Kendall saying she's falling asleep. When they get to the, when they get to the drag show, she's just gonna stay in the car and go to sleep. This is when it gets a little logistically confusing. So try to follow along as best as possible. I think we have it down. But basically after the show, everybody was switching cars. So Kendall left out of Kim's car when they went in and she went into Kylie and Corey's car to go to sleep. So the plan, I think pre-Kendall was that when everybody left, Kylie and Corey together were going to take that Escalade back to LA. But since Kendall wanted to go to LA too, she was going to go with them, which Kylie and Corey were not made aware of when they went into the show. The logistics got so confusing for me. Me too. I was like – I literally was that meme like of the girl. I was that meme too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so you guys know where we all are. Everybody's in the show. Kendall got out of Kim's car, went into Kylie's car. So when Kylie and Corey get back into their car, they are met with a sleeping Kendall. Okay. They go in. They have a great time. Obviously, it's the best thing ever. Corny's happy. Chloe's happy. Fine. Okay. They all leave and get into their cars. Car one, like I said, is Kylie, Corey, and Kendall. And car two is Chloe, Kim, Chris, and Courtney. So they're all waving. They're like talking to their fans, whatever. And in the car with Kylie, Corey, and Kendall, Kendall is asking Kylie, you know, should I just give the address to the driver and then, you know, he'll just, he'll just drop me off. And Kylie's like, what do you mean? We're not going through the city to drop you off. This is when chaos ensues. And this, (laughs) okay. If you're, not, if you're not from LA, you probably think that this sounds ridiculous. So I understand that like our takes being from New York may be a little bit off. And like if you're from LA, you probably sympathize a lot more with Kylie or like understand her point a lot more. But to me, I was like, come on. You're already driving from, from Palm Springs to LA. Just drop her off. Also, Kylie's not the one driving. Right. Like well, so she was going to sit in the car for an extra hour, even if it was an extra hour and a half. Like, I don't know. Do you think – I don't oh, know. Maybe – like-
1: No, like I don't even know because me trying to figure out like the logistics of where Kylie lives versus who gets to whose house versus like it was all very confusing for me, obviously, because I don't understand L.A. well enough, despite the amount of times we've been there. And I don't think I ever will. Um, But the way that that escalated was so ridiculous because Kylie could have easily said like, no, can you come to my house and have this person pick you up? Or let's figure out this somewhere else. Let's just get in the car and drive. And then as we get closer, we'll figure it out. Like it didn't need to be this whole thing. We've all been put in a position where we needed a ride somewhere and we had to figure out the logistics of it as we got closer. They're they're hardly the first two people to be put in that situation.
0: Yeah, it, it it was like the second that Kylie said that, you knew that all hell was going to break loose because you knew that that was the final straw for Kendall,
1: right? Didn't you feel that way? Yes. And also I felt like Kylie wasn't presenting an alternative plan Like, it wasn't like Kylie was saying, oh, I really thought we were going to do this. I didn't realize that you want to do that. Like, can we do this? Like, Kylie just went and screamed at her right away and thought it was the most ridiculous thing that Kendall would even ask that. Meanwhile, they're driving back at night. It's not like this is an afternoon thing where they have all day to just kind of figure out a ride. Like, when it's the middle of the night and you're going to be getting back somewhere, you kind of want the security of being dropped off at your door, especially if you have a driver already.
0: Yes, and this is when, see... A really important element to this whole fight, to understanding it, is you don't see this happen, I don't think, but you hear when Corey says to her, do you want me to get you your own Escalade, which this is what sparked the entire thing. And like, we will obviously analyze every single second of this because it was fascinating, but initial reaction to that, to me, I saw both sides. Personally, as a viewer, I didn't find that to be like offensive. I found that to be like, Kendall and Kylie are disagreeing. Corey was trying to problem solve. So he wanted to present Kendall with another safe alternative. But in Kendall's perspective, Corey was taking Kylie's side. And I think a lot of other people may feel that way watching it. And that's when Kendall kind of freaks out on Corey being like, what, you think I'm just going to get into a random fucking car? Like, I I can't imagine that Corey being around this family for this long would expect her to get into an Uber. Like, I think he, I'm sure he meant arrange something with security. Like the way that it escalated from this point on, I think, To me, watching it, and again, this is just as a viewer, I wasn't there, was like, Kendall's reaction to Corey was a little bit unwarranted because I genuinely think he was trying to problem solve, but I could totally see how in her eyes, already being infuriated with Kylie, already feeling like she's being insensitive, it's like, now, like, this motherfucker is going to take her side. You're not even my family. Like, don't act. Like, I think it was just a whole no fucking way.
1: And also, while we're discussing the logistics of this thing, um it's important to remember that Kylie and Corey live right near each other. So it's not like Corey was saying that he was just going to go in the car with Kylie and just go with her because he was choosing her over Kendall. Like logistically, they live, I think they live across the street from each other or right near each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So keep that in the back of your mind. Let's keep going. Basically, um, they FaceTime Kendall and Kylie to to, to kind of check in and they're screaming. It's like a disaster. They're screaming at each other. Kendall screaming like, get your heel off my neck. And, Kim then calls her security team and she's like, it's an emergency. Go get Kendall. And in her confessional, Chloe says, We're just hearing high-pitched screaming and we can't even figure out what's happening, what's happening. It just sounds really crazy. And when you're listening to this, you it sounds like they're physically fighting. Corey is screaming at them to stop. Kim's screaming, screaming, like, we have to get Kendall, turn around. They're trying to figure out where they are. It's very, very chaotic. And Kendall on the phone is like, This man is wild. He real wild. He really just said, fuck you to me. And Courtney's like, obviously we believe you because Corey cannot say that to you. And Kim's like, Corey cannot say fuck you to Kendall. In her confessional, Kylie says, all I remember Corey doing is trying to break us up. I don't really feel like this fight is about Corey. I feel like this is between me and Kendall and I know Corey wants the best for both of us. And in her confessional, Chris is saying, listening to the girls argue or fight really breaks my heart and to see everything spiral out of control is crazy. Okay, they finally get Kendall. She gets into the second car with Kim Chris Courtney- Chloe. She's hysterically crying. She's like, I'm never speaking to Kylie again, et cetera. They're saying that they left Kendall there. I can't fully imagine that's what happened. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe she was with the crew. like it wasn't like they left her fully alone. She had to be with some people, I would
1: imagine. no. there's no, there's no way they would have just left her on the side. There, I can't imagine that.
0: And in her confessional, Kendall says, I don't think I ever would have thought either of them were capable of taking it to that level with me, especially because I was kind of just chilling and asked a simple question. I just don't ever see a needing to get to that point, And I already know Kylie's going to downplay the situation and make it seem like she did nothing wrong. So she gets in the car. She's like, literally hyperventilating. Chris like, okay, tell us what happened. And Kendall says, Kylie's like, Jose, can we stop somewhere to pee? And then I was like, oh yeah, should I give him my address? She goes, no, I'm not dropping you home. What do you think this is? Corey's like, stop the car. Let's get Kendall another car. Like, no, why would I drive all the way by myself? just quick like insertion in in what i heard that's not what Corey said he asked her if she
1: wanted him to get another card isn't that what you heard that's what i heard also i think that tensions are just so high with the situation that it's one of those scenarios where kendall's gonna take what she wants to take away from the situation and this is exactly what Corey was saying earlier he's like my words always get twisted somehow that it's exactly that
0: right he's he wasn't wrong at all and also, I have to say, like, once we get into the reactions of the way that the sisters in the car with Kendall are responding, it was very much the type of situation where when someone is so pissed, they're, they're at the top of their lungs, and you know that there's no calming them down, you don't want to try to rationalize with them. You kind of just want to be like, yes, you're so right. Like, there There's times when you want to calm someone down, when you want to try to make them see a situation, but there are other times when you want to just agree with them, and that's clearly what they were doing in this moment.
1: Although I don't think that Kendall necessarily was wrong and needed to be agreed with just for the sake of calming her down. I think that she was very valid in her, in being upset.
0: So the way that I personally felt was... And again, like I don't know what it was like in the car, but the way that I personally felt was she was 100% validated in being pissed at Kylie, but I felt it was a little bit misdirected at Corey because I don't think he was the one that was dictating the situation. I think he based on Kylie's response, just, like, asked her a question. I don't know. I think she felt it was overstepping, which maybe it was, but I don't think he was as aggressive as she made him out to be.
1: Well, Kendall's big issue was definitely him saying fuck you to her. But did he? I can't answer that. I wasn't there.
0: <laughs> I Can you imagine that happening?
1: Um, No, I can't imagine it, but also, who knows? I mean, he could have said something like, he could have thrown that word around. I can't imagine him saying fuck you to her. Like I can imagine like a calm the fuck down or like what the fuck's going on? Or like, I-, I don't know. I can't imagine the straight up fuck you Kendall, but Corey was also presumably drinking that night. Yeah. We saw him take a shot with Kylie earlier. I think he was drinking when they were at out. So he could have just been so frustrated by the situation and drunk that it came out without him thinking. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not going to like not believe her. If she, Says it happened, like it happened. I just, it, it is, it is, I don't know. Based on Kylie's, the whole thing is weird. Let's just keep going. So, Chloe's saying to Kendall, you know, of course not. That's not his place to dictate that. And Kendall said, That's what I said. I said, Corey, shut up. You're not even trying to be helpful. You want me out of this car. And Kim says to sure, her, Your security could have come down and gotten you off the freeway. Anyone could have. Phi could have. And Chris says, There were a million scenarios that could have worked out. Just keep driving. And Kendall's like, and then Corey on everything said, Fuck you. So Chris's phone rings, presumably it's either Kendall, uh, Kylie or Corey. Kendall's like, don't answer. Kendall goes. And I said, fuck you. You're going to say fuck you. She's like, and that's when I started getting hysterical because she was like, he didn't say fuck you. I heard I was listening to the whole thing. And I said to her, I'm dead sober. I wouldn't make shit up. And she smacked me or something. So I came back at her and I smacked her in the face and then she took her heel and put it into my neck. So then I started kicking her back. They're all freaking out. Like you can tell, I think Chris is specifically like, we just got through this. Now another physical altercation. And Kendall says, the fact that my sister, my blood was reacting that way, it's so upsetting. And in her confessional, Kim says, Corey's involvement just makes this more complicated. And I just feel bad for my mom. She's just stuck in the middle of this and doesn't know how to navigate it. It really sucks. And you can see Chris is really apologetic to Kendall. Clearly, I think she, one, is overwhelmed. Two, wants to calm the situation down. And three, feels like if Corey is the one that is upsetting Kendall, by association, Chris is. And I think she feels probably a little bit responsible. And Kim saying in, in her chat with Kylie, Kylie said, You guys know I'm a sane person. Kendall said, Will you drop me off? And I said, No, I never agreed to that. Kendall's been in a badass mood all fucking day. This shit was crazy. And in her confessional, Kylie says, I'm sure Kendall's saying many things to my family. We're both really upset. There was a lot of miscommunication because she thought I was going to take her all the way to Beverly Hills, and I never agreed to that. So things just got very out of hand. And Chloe says to her, You're really upset. You have every right to be. She's drunk right now. You're not crazy. Kendall's like I don't know how I'll be able to forget this I really don't and in her confessional she says I'm pretty offended and hurt by the situation I feel super disrespected Chris says I'm just in shock and in her confessional Chloe says we came on this trip to try to reconnect all of us together and forget about the sister fight between Courtney Kim and myself now we're ending this trip with another sister fight between Kendall and Kylie okay let's take a break and just reset you want to give me your reaction to everything
1: that just happened um, I have kind of a hot take, which is this fight kind of seems worse to me than the other. Julie, thousand percent agree. You agree? Thousand percent. The thing with the other fight is like there were so many emotions there, like surrounding this, like with um, with Courtney and Kim. They were both really upset, and they both had a lot of anger towards each other, and it just reached this point where it accumulated into a fight. The thing with Kylie and Kendall, which is weird, is A, we never see them like this. We've seen Courtney and Kim get into a thing or two. Maybe not as physical, maybe not to that extent, but we've definitely seen them fight. We really haven't seen Kendall and Kylie really fight to this extent. And what made it worse for me was that Kylie was so upset. I mean, Kendall was so upset and so frustrated and so angry, clearly, and the lack of empathy from Kylie was like so shocking to me. I felt the same way.
0: I and also, I mean, you can't ignore the fact that Kendall was sober. Kylie was drunk. That definitely played into it. It also was two against one because of Kylie's relationship with Corey, but it it did come Kylie came across as really selfish in the scene. Like forget about the not driving her home any of that. Like you could tell she was genuinely upset. and for Kylie not to have the awareness to pick up on the fact that it was clearly not just about the outfit or not just about the car ride felt really off to me. It almost
1: felt disappointing. Yes, I felt like I really viewed Kylie very differently than I ever had before like in this episode. And I will say the Courtney and, and Kim fight was really bad and I think we spoke a lot about how Kim kind of lacked empathy in that situation. Like it seemed like they both were really frustrated with each other. But it seems like they both had their logical frustrations. Like it both seems like they both had points in what they were making when Kim and Courtney were fighting. And my thing here was like, what leg did Kylie have to stand on? What was her issue that she couldn't dare for one second empathize with how upset a sober Kendall was?
0: It, it was off. It was off, which then I have like 8 million things to say, but let me ask my first question before I forget it. This begs the question to me of, how, did you feel, let's, I want to know what you felt about Corey's involvement in this like in relation to the way that Kylie was acting, did you feel that it was unwarranted? Did you feel that it was um, uncalled for? Like, how do you think that Corey's reaction or involvement played into the entire situation and specifically played into the way that Kylie was handling it?
1: Okay. I think let's take out for one second, Corey saying, fuck you. Because there's no scenario to me where that's okay. Um, Involvement, not involvement, anything I just think that that was wrong and clearly overstepping and just not right if that did happen and I I I don't know I feel like Kendall wouldn't have made it up but who knows she was so angry in the moment that maybe she heard something that she didn't hear I don't know let's take that out of the equation for a second because I think it's impossible to examine that question with that being in in terms of his involvement what choice did he have? Like what else was he supposed to do? I think that it's really difficult because I think that he definitely feels like a fatherly figure when he's with Kylie and that doesn't extend to Kendall. So it's almost like he was protecting one kid and felt like he had a paternal role in this fight for one kid and possibly not the other. Um, Although he wants to have that relationship with Kendall. So maybe I don't know. He's definitely more protective over Kylie. I don't think he should have picked sides if that's what happened um, because I don't think that's his place to do. But I can't imagine a scenario in which Corey can just sit there, let them fight physically, yelling and screaming at each other with him just sitting there and saying nothing. I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. What do you think? I,
0: I, I can tell the distress in your voice and I'm feeling the same way. I don't know. I... You know, I couldn't help but feel, and I know it's been a long time since Chris and Caitlin have been divorced, and I understand like they're all very comfortable with, with Corey, but I can imagine I can imagine how like additionally difficult it must be when this is about Corey's role in the family. Like I think there's always that aspect of like, you are not my father. Don't tell me what the fuck to do. It would be really, really different if like any one of the sisters were saying what Corey was saying. I don't know if that was going on for Kendall, but I could imagine it. Like you just feel this sense of kind of like, who where, who the fuck do you think you are to get
1: involved in my issues? If you're looking at the situation logically rather than emotionally, Corey's involvement was more from a, okay, I can't just sit here and do nothing. Like, I think he definitely felt paternal I'm not... It, like excluding that from the narrative. But I do think that if you're looking logically at the scenario rather than emotionally, it was more about like, okay, I have to do something because I'm the only person here rather than like, it's my job as their father figure to step in and solve this. Like, I definitely think it was more of that. But I can totally understand how from Kendall's perspective, it came off that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. You're right because, and it's hard. Like, I want to take out the fuck you out of it too. However, you like can't because that's, Kind of what got her so riled up i just feel like we're not operating with a full set of facts because we didn't get to see the entire interaction go down i don't know i right. felt even though i felt like, I, I just felt bad i just felt bad for the entire thing i don't like when kendall and kylie fight i noticed that i like it a lot i i hate when they fight more than i hate when kim and courtney fight
1: yeah same i do too I, it's like because i because with kim and courtney i just feel like there's so much backstory that we're aware of that you know they're just going to be fine Like, you know the way their relationship is. You know the tides of their issues and when they fight and when they solve it and how they get over it. Like, you've seen that all play out so many times. Again, not to the same extent that it was in the season premiere, but it followed a very similar pattern. You don't know Kendall and Kylie's pattern at all to any extent anymore. So for them to get into a fight, you don't have the comfort of knowing they're going to be able to solve it. No, you don't know that at all. And also, Kendall is just so much less...
0: Forthcoming, maybe with force com- forthcoming with her emotions in a way. I don't know, but Ke- Kylie's not really on the show, so I just found myself just feeling bad for Kendall. <laughs> like I felt bad for everyone that they were fighting, but I really just found myself really feeling bad for
1: Kendall because I think she felt very isolated in that moment. I'm shocked at myself of how poorly I looked at at Kylie after this episode. I felt the same way. I really was like. Who do you think you are? Like
0: and, and further, I felt like Kendall was saying, who the fuck have you turned
1: into? That's what I felt like. I felt like this was a moment that Kylie needed to take a long, hard look at herself and figure out what, like, what her priorities were.
0: I do think that she feels a little... You never get that same sense of... I mean, maybe the one scene with Kim when she was like, you're the least interesting to look at with courtney like get a real fucking job fine but other than that you don't see kim have that sense of entitlement whereas kylie did come across as really entitled this episode
1: i can imagine that the way kylie feels whether she's willing to admit it or not is that kim kind of made this whole family and then kylie from nothing took her lead took her spot became the golden child became the one that everybody was obsessed with when it was Kim's spotlight and somehow Kylie came in and did that and I can imagine the the ego that one could get from that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah she I think it's an undeniable ego which like listen a lot of people would be like can you blame her you know like I'm not I I just I don't know it's just a lot it's a lot because it's like you can't forget how you are with your own family which like I'm sure they've solved everything and everything is fine and we are just commentators like all of us have no idea what we're talking about because their their internal bond is like a lot stronger i get it but that's what we do when you fucking watch a show you commentate on it so like it did come across as really unsettling and really like unappealing
1: yeah it really changed the way i look at kylie and i typically like kylie a lot and now and i don't think that our view of her should be changed based on one episode one drunken fight one situation But I will say that there were certain things where Kylie's done where I was like, hmm, maybe it is like a little bit more cold and calculated than I thought it was based on this one episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I just I think that like something about the Kardashians that we've always admired us personally is like, yes, they're so famous. They're so powerful. They're so rich. But like you do always get this sense of humility. Right, like even when something comes across as a little bit bragging, there's always this underlying sense of humility, which I think is the reason that's made them successful. And there was zero percent humility to be found with Kylie in this particular situation, and I found it just, I just found it off putting.
1: I so agree with you.
0: Yeah. Wow. That was a lot. I mean, of course, we end with Kim just saying, I mean, Chris and her confessional just saying, you know, it chips away at my soul anytime anyone in my family um, is at a bad place with each other, which I think is understandable. It was just – it went from, like, a really great weekend to a really sad weekend, and I didn't, like – I was obsessed with this episode. It was addicting. It was, like, everything I could have ever wanted, but I didn't feel good after.
1: No, not at all. And I think the one point that we forgot to touch on that's also really important is, like, this is the worst possible situation for Chris to be put in. Yeah. Like, I just felt so, so bad for Chris. Oh,
0: Thank you for saying that because it makes me think of something else. The other thing that it made me think of was when they were in the um, car and in the moment you see Chris and her confessional, I mean, Kim and her confessional being like, I just feel so bad for my mom. Like that is something that the rest of them don't have. Kim's first reaction will always be Chris. It's like just so natural to her. She's so connected. Like she's so empathetically connected to Chris in a way that I don't think the others are. They all are, but like specifically Kim. So it was just very on brand.
1: That's very middle child of Kim. Yeah. And also just
0: Kim's personality.
1: Yeah. But it's funny because you would kind of expect that from Kylie based on their relationship. But now I'm not so sure.
0: I don't know. I don't want to be too dramatic. It was one episode. Like I would hate if somebody judged me off of one 44 minute episode of my life. But Kendall's upset was really genuine and it. I don't know. I just felt sad.
1: I agree with you. Like, I would never want to judge it. And I said that, like, I don't want my view of Kylie to forever change. Like, I was not suggesting that by any means. And it wasn't just how she handled the fight that I felt very taken aback by it. It was just the coldness. The fact that she just couldn't be bothered to care at all about what Kendall was saying.
0: Yeah. So agree. So, so, so agree. I'm really glad we were on the same page about this. Not that I didn't expect us to, but I felt like me not having siblings was going to play into it more than it did. Like, I felt like you were going to be like, oh my God, this, don't be ridiculous.
1: No, because that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. The Courtney Kim fight to me felt much more sibling oriented. It felt like a sibling fight to me. This did not at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I just feel like I have less ground to stand on in making that point, but I'm glad to hear you say that.
1: Yeah, of course. (sighs)
0: anything else you want to add
1: about anything no i mean as unsettled as i felt by the end of this episode i fucking loved it and i was so happy we finally got this it was
0: it was really needed they really redeemed themselves in a in a big way agreed yeah okay well we love you guys i'm so glad if you made it this far i feel like this is a long episode thank you i hope you enjoyed this one as much as we did um And we will see you on Monday for our regular episode. We just love you. I can't believe this is our job. It's the coolest thing ever. Love you guys. Thank you. Welcome to Yada Island. This season on Nariyata Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take yada yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join. Same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.